Hey, welcome to the Street Shot Photography Podcast from Switch to Manual. I am Antonio, and this is episode 8888 for uh, end of uh, December and, and thus the end of 2018. So, yeah, a full year has come and gone, and uh, yeah, it's 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 almost next year. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to... I don't know what I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm actually not looking forward to getting a year older. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'll go right into it. I'm here with my new friend, Ward Rosen from, uh, where are you from, Ward? I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Calgary, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me on my last episode of 2018. Yeah, happy uh, Happy New Year. Yeah, happy New Year to you. Yeah, almost New Year. Uh, you got any New Year plans, or is it just like hanging out and... No, paying some bills down. Um, yeah, um, uh, getting ready for a trip. Uh, so I'm making a solo trip to Mexico to photograph in February. Where are you going in Mexico? So I'm looking for, uh, Guanajuato. Um, it's uh, I believe in the mountains, somewhere in the middle of the country. So I'm looking forward to that. It's very colorful and steeped in history, and um, somewhere a little bit different. That's not a beach or uh, or a bar. And you just it, this is like just a pure photography yes trip wow yeah. wow i envy you <laughs> well you can follow me on the twitter and on the <laughs> on the instagram been... i'm sure i'll be doing lots of uh, oh, lots good. of editing on the fly there yeah. i'll be there for 10 days so i wow. well, that's excellent quick yeah. edits yeah i i kind of jones for like going on a trip just for doing photography and like not having to make it like a trip with my wife and whatnot and um, I just haven't done that in a long time. So it's really cool that you're getting a chance to do that. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You're bringing a lot of gear with you or you're traveling light? Just my, uh, one, just the one, well, I might have two Fuji bodies by then, but realistically I'll probably still only have one, mm -hmm. uh, and my phone and, uh, three lenses. So I'll have, uh, well, that's light. I I'll think. have the 16, the 23 and the 50. Oh. And I'll, I'll go from there. Wow. All right. A lot of, you, uh, Computer backup. How you how are you gonna manage all the pictures that you take? Yeah, I have Lots a backup drive. I have mm -hmm. backup drive, and then I've got this kind of old uh, an old work laptop that I've commandeered for personal use, <laughs> and so that's what I'll be doing to do the quick edits yeah, uh, that I'll be posting to social media and doing whatever with, and getting some ideas and doing my journal and whatever oh, nice. whatever the trip becomes. Yeah. no plans then. Just just going and shooting or. Well, I am planning. I'm using uh, Google Earth to s figure out where sunrises and sunsets would be an interesting place to be in different parts of the city, and looking at elevations and stuff like that. So, I can. I'm definitely planning locales to be mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And then uh, once I kind of get those out of the way, and I do all the touristy shots that I feel like get my fill of, then I might go into a more. A more a deeper, more personal thing. Cause I've never visited Mexico before. So, um, I want to make the most of it, do the tour stuff, get it all out of the way and then see if I can find something about the culture or the people mm -hmm. or the city that resonates with me. And I won't know what that is until I get there. So that's part of the, this particular adventure. And, and 10 days sounds like enough time to like, you know, like you said, get rid of the, get the touristy things out of the way. And right. And be able to, you know, are you staying in one place or are you moving around? Yeah, I'm staying in one place. There's a, the, the downtown is a, a, a tourist, cause sort of a touristy area. There's a mm -hmm. theater there and a market and, and very colorful wooden buildings and narrow cobblestone streets and that sort of thing. So, 
yeah, no, 10 days is great because if I have a down day, then I have a down day. I, you right, know, if right. I'm too tired and feel like I don't want to get up and walk around, that's fine. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, oh, it's, it should be good. Yeah. When you're going, you said you're going in February, right? In February. Yeah. Well, yeah, I look forward to seeing what you end up, uh, sharing and then also the stuff when you get back too. So I'm yeah, curious, cool. but, uh, Hey, I, again, thanks for coming on. And the reason why I wanted you on, <laughs> I don't know if I have a reason, but, uh, like I was telling you before offline, you know, I had one of those, uh, m- like th- shower thoughts, you know, I wasn't in the shower. I was in a coffee shop, but you know, it's one of those thoughts that made a lot more sense, <laughs> you know, in the coffee shop. And then, right. you know, I somehow, uh, I want to say made more sense, uh, but, um, it, it, you know, this was a few days ago and then I contacted you and said you want to get on the show and then, and I sort of lost it a little bit, but not a lot because the idea I wanted to talk about was stories and pictures. Okay. And it sounds like something that, you know, might've been talked about a zillion times before and we might, you know, in general talk about it all the time, but, um, there was something more about it. There was something more that I wanted to sort of dive into. Uh, and again, it wasn't really necessarily talking about like, like a bunch of pictures that make a story, although that's part of it. But the idea that um, in in a photograph we might see a story, you know, right. and it and it's it, and it's two parts to this. It's the photographer, you know, who's taking the picture, and it's the viewer who's looking at the picture. Mm-hmm. And I sort of wanted to go over both of those things and sort of explore it with you, uh, because I know that you've um, you've made a book um, with uh, Mark Ryerson. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, but you're also, you know, I, I realize you're the same age as me. We're in the same generation. And so we've gone through, like, uh, f- the, the world of photography from, you know, way back when and until right. now. We've seen things have shifted so much. And um, today's photo- photography is not always about telling a story. It's always like a little, you know, moment in someone's life uh, or something like that. So I, I wanted to sort of explore that with you as sort okay. of the last you know, uh, you know, because it's the last episode of the year and also to try to sort of set, you know, maybe some, you know, goals for people for next year. Like this might be a great way to start thinking about photography in 2019. I don't know. You know, <laughs> sounds good to me. Let's see where we go. Yeah. So, you know, the, the this I, first of all, that idea that a picture is worth a thousand words. It's cliche and it's done before. And I don't think a pic, I don't think every picture is worth a thousand words, frankly. No, nor does it need to be. Well, yeah. Why? Why? I mean, I, I look at some of my work, and there's no way I could come up with, you know, a thousand words that fit pictures. Yeah. But um, I can certainly look at some of my my pictures and start imagining things about them. Um, right. And and maybe it's not necessarily something that is written down, but maybe more of a feeling uh, or something. But there's. Um, like we were talking before, I don't necessarily. I myself don't necessarily shoot pictures to create stories, or thinking that each of my pictures is a story. But, you know, if I start looking back on some of my pictures, I can start seeing things come from them, like, you know, sort of approaching my own pictures as the viewer, not the photographer. Right. Um, what, you know, what, am I sounding like I'm creating a lot of BS or <laughs> am I going someplace with it? No, I think it's something that we all think about um, as creative people, for our photographers from time to time. Um, it, it really, it really depends on the context that you're doing the shooting. If we're talking about being the photographer first, mm-hmm. um, 
Uh, and I, and we had talked before in in a private chat room about uh, about I say that I don't I really have a conscious uh, don't have a conscious storyteller instinct when I'm shooting, and that's true. But I have a point of view about how I shoot the different subjects, and you know, and I'm with Mark, you know, shooting in downtown Calgary or uh, shooting from the hip uh, of at people or mm-hmm. you know the architectural stuff that I do. Um, there isn't really, a st- I don't believe and I don't mean to impart a story in any of those images. Um, but if you go back and look over one, like all the pictures that I took, for instance, of all the people that I shot from the hip and you go, th- maybe if you go through them, you will get, you will see something about or, or infer um, something about as a viewer, infer something about what it's like to be a person in downtown Calgary. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if that's a story so much. It's I, more of a point of view. Well, what's the difference? What do you think the difference is? Well, a story, I think, has a beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. And Mark and I did the book. We talked no, a lot describe about... Describe your book. Describe your book. Okay. First. So the book is called Between Dust and Sky, The 100th Hills Lake Stampede. And what it is is a... We, we had a whole lot of competing needs wants uh and and ideas for the book we wanted it to be a commemoration because it's the 100th annual staging of this rodeo mm-hmm. um uh, we we didn't want it to be a straight up just sports book because you can get you know rodeo ma- rodeo magazine and you can see all the great you know rodeo photography that's already being done. Right, right. So we didn't want it to be that. And we didn't want it to be kind of, you know, Western folk art with the kid, little kid standing with his cowboy hat on and his little boots and stuff. We didn't mm-hmm. want that. We didn't want it to be too sentimental. Mm-hmm. So, and we didn't really want there to be a direct narrative to it. We wanted, uh, we wanted people who had never been to a rodeo before to know what it's like to be at a small town rodeo. Mm-hmm. And if you were a person who did this as this is part of your lifestyle, if you live just a few miles away from this rodeo, which my cousins do, there would be nothing but recognition would be like, oh, you, you saw this, you saw that. These right, little, right. little moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted it to appeal to a broad uh, arc of, of people. So what we what we came up with was, uh, you know, all these various images who on some of them, some of them, are, you know, are graphically interesting with the wild horse race and, their, you know, the power of the animals and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. some more kind of quiet moments, people sitting in the stands and that sort of thing. Um, they don't, you know, e- each of them individually don't necessarily do a lot to help your understanding of what it's like to be at a, at a rodeo, a small town rodeo. But on mass, when you see 80 pictures of them in the whatever, 10, 15 minutes that you're going through the book, uh, you get a feeling and Mm -hmm. maybe you maybe have an understanding of what it's like to be there. And I think what we did, we were very, quite meticulous in the way we, we sequenced it and the way we laid it out. Um, so that, it leaves some interpretation for the viewer to maybe do their own story or have their own idea about what happened. Hmm. Some of the feedback we got of it was that, oh, it's a great story of the rodeo, but there's no, there's no statistics on who won any of the events. There's no 
real naming of people. There's a couple of relatives in there who were given names in the in the in descriptions of the photographs, but there's not really a uh, uh, there's not really a kind of narrative that you can that you can pin down in the photographs themselves. So you you, you meant it in a sense to be timeless. To be yeah, timeless, and we also and I we I didn't say that we produced as it was a black and white volume as well. Right, I was going to say yeah, you chose mm -hmm. to make it black and white. Yeah, so there was the practical considerations for doing that. Uh, we you know we've got two different cameras with two different sensors. We had uh, people in the audience, um, the crowd that were uh, wearing colors that were kind of distracting, and we didn't want to spend a lot of time in post cleaning things up, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, so we, we opted for black and white and, uh, uh, Mark and I both are, I, I guess I did a little more. We, uh, did some things with the color channels to, to stylize the, uh, to stylize the work. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, that's in there as well. And that, that I could have really, really have only done that in black and white. So it, you know, it became as, as we worked on it, it, it became, you know, we're talking more about the book now than we are about the viewer, but we came with um, uh, a kind of look and a feeling to the book that we thought would appeal to folks uh, in that way so that they can infer, they were allowed to infer what they wanted out of it and not have us hit them overhead with, uh, this is how the barrel racing works. Right, this right, is right, how, right. you know, you know, this is chariot racing. There's none of that. It was just impressions of things. You know, you're saying this and I'm thinking like if you were to – which you have been, but if you were to just sort of have to uh, describe this event, uh, this three-day event, without using pictures, right? It, yeah. You would probably be describing it in a very similar way you just did now, the way you were describing the pictures. You'd have to, you know, we'd have to yeah. sit here and use our imaginations to to sort of fill in. And, right. You know, I'm thinking as I as I look through your book that, you know, obviously there's only so many pictures. It's a much longer event than the amount of pictures there are you know you mm -hmm. made some editorial choices and so you're leaving it to the viewer to sort of fill in some of the gaps in between right. especially when you've got these double page spreads you know with you know two people on either side or you've got these panoramics going across and um you know we we're left to, to sort of we have to fill stuff in right especially because right. you don't have any words in the book right you're right. not you're not you there's no narrative like you said no, there is a there is an introduction that just right. kind of sets the tone. Whatever. Right, this is what you're about to see, and then at the end, you, you're you're also sort of a little. I can't remember if there's a little summary at the end. Is um, acknowledgments? Well, there's a description of the or just titles for the titles each for of the, the pictures. pictures. Right, right. And then an acknowledgments to all the folks that helped us make the book. Right. So here I'm imagining, like you know, you, you were saying you weren't. I mean, do you consider this a story of a rodeo, of a rodeo, or of an event, or? Of, of this thing called a rodeo? Um, um, I'd call it a commemoration of a of an event. Well, maybe that's a better word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's the difference? Was it what? Well, it's a, it's, it's. I mean, that's uh, your intention, right? Like when you're... That's the intention. Yeah. Okay. Because of what are the requirements that we kind of laid down for it. Mm -hmm. um, it was not, it, it was a, a kind of a celebration. We didn't, I, I guess in the way we, uh, we presented it, we, we elevated it, I guess, a little bit. You know, we tried to make the images look interesting and pretty like any photographer would do, right? right? right you know, to right. make it to make it palatable for the viewer. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just sort of a, uh, uh, I don't know, partly historical document because of its, uh, you know, right. that, that particular year's significance. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was not a, it was not a, it was not a straight up story. It was, it was impressions that lead you to, in your own mind, bring up what, right. you know, the images conjure up in your own mind. Well, part of me wants to lo- sort of, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I love that. I love that aspect of it. And I think uh, what I think Mark and I were trying to do, I think we we're relatively successful doing that. I mean, tooting my own horn or whatever, yeah, but okay. we fe- I felt a lot of satisfaction creating it because yeah, yeah. we had these requirements and we kept thinking about it and talking about it. And it sort of became in the way we argued over the the editing and the um, you know the pairing off of the images mm-hmm. uh, for each individual spread. It was uh, um, it was it w- was hard work to a certain extent, but it was not like you know lifting barbells up to the attic. It was right, like right. what what is it that I need? You know what what are we missing here? You know there was a lot of conversations like that. But it's rewarding. I thought I thought it turned out really well. Well, like talk about like an individual picture. It doesn't matter which, but like if you're looking at it and you're trying to impart uh, eventually to the viewer something, right? You're trying to tell them something about this event, something about this person. Some, you're, you're, you're not just making a picture that's just going to sit there. Right? We were just talking about this before. The photographs are not just objects to be, you know, looked at. They're there are these small parts of a whole, right? Yeah. But then each picture you're you're working on, you're not just pulling them randomly and saying, okay, you know, uh, this is the shot we want to use of this, you know, guy riding a a bull, right? Um, right. You're you're doing something to it. You're converting it to black and white. You're you're perhaps cropping it. You're doing things to the picture to um, try to I don't want to say enhance. That's not the right word because yeah, know, it's not you know saying that the picture wasn't better uh, before but you're trying to bring out parts of it to impart um something to the viewer right to spark something in the viewer uh and and what is that what what are you doing when you're when you're when you're taking an image and and you're and you're dealing with this thing that you want to do for a viewer sure so what so Mark and I had kind of two different because we shoot with different styles and different thought processes, which was he was an awesome companion in that respect, mm-hmm. because I knew he could do the heavy lifting when it came to the portrait stuff. So all the portraits in the book are his. Like I didn't I didn't shoot a single portrait. Mm-hmm. But getting back to your question directly, um, uh, each event has a particular aspect to it that is highlighted either by the athletes, the, the animals and the, and the competitors, or just be, the, the kind of event that it is. So before the program starts uh, every day during the event, there's a, there's a um, um, whatever we're going to call it, a, a, a timed, or it is timed, called uh, event called the, um, uh, the wild horse race. Mm-hmm. So the wild horse race is, it, it's primary um, that adjective I would use primarily for it is chaos. <laughs> so you have full-grown horses who are not broken, who are uh, who cannot be ridden. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put a long lead on them and they put them in the chutes. And there's a team of three guys, one of which is carrying a um, a saddle. What they have to do, 
is the chutes open and they have 30 seconds to to um, get the horse in a situation where it's still enough that they can cinch the saddle on and ride for two strides mm -hmm. before they get thrown off. <laughs> so, so you only have three people against the horse. Right. That's uh, that's usually a losing proposition, and it always is. <laughs> but it does happen every now and then that a rider gets on there. So there's one picture that I took that when I was thinking chaos, chaos, chaos as I'm shooting it. Now I'm. Sh I'm sh I'm trying to cover the chaos, and I'm also uh, shooting, uh, ha trying to have the the um, the perception of a sports photographer. Mm -hmm. So, right, right. with sports, it's near and far, and fast and slow, and all that kind of stuff. So, there's one image where one horse has already been let go; it's running around by itself around the arena, and in the background, there's a team that's still struggling with their with their horse. And um, the 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 horse that's that's kind of running off on his own is in the foreground, and his lead, which is about 15 right. feet mm -hmm. long, is trailing behind him. Right, I remember that shot. Yeah. And uh, and and above that lead in the background, about uh, I don't know, probably about 80 feet behind, is this team that's still trying to subdue their horse. So it's kind of like a combination of contrast and this is going on in the foreground and that's going on in the background and just trying to trying to give a, an impression of chaos and that what the event what the event might be and even though the 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 horse that's running in the foreground is is running free and and this represents a failure mm -hmm. i guess for the team that was trying to wrangle him or a win for um, the horse win yeah <laughs> or a win for the horse exactly <laughs> So he's in the foreground, and then the little people. And and in most of the the pictures of the of the horse events, the people are the smaller, definitely the smaller component in the image. Mm -hmm. That's really about the majesty, power, and strength of the horse. Um, so, you know, so you take chaos, and then you try and t make something out of it. So, all of the all of the pictures of the wild horse races is, is chaos. Pictures of the barrel racing is precision. It's about precision. Mm -hmm. It's a different thing. It's the horse and you know the going around barrels. It's a, it's the different. But do you do you like you know I know we're now we're focusing on your book a little bit, which is great. Um, yeah. But do you do you expect you hand this book to somebody? You said fifteen minutes, right? Someone's going to look through it in fifteen minutes, and okay, that yeah. might be our first, you know way that I, you know, like I experienced your book in that roughly that amount of time, right? I'm flipping mm -hmm. through the pictures. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one would hope that they would come back to your book and look at it deeper. And do you kind of expect a viewer to, like, spend more time uh, looking at a picture and sort of, you know, projecting themselves into it somehow and, and coming up with, uh, you know, a story that you may not be aware of? Um, or, I mean... Do you know what I'm saying? Am, am I just Absolutely. Kind of it's <laughs> like the best question ever because that's what I like about all the photo books that I collect that I really like are mm -hmm. ones that I get an impression. Maybe I understand the photographer a little better. I understand the photographer at all mm -hmm. if I'm if he's new or she. And uh, the best pictures or the best uh, books are the ones that you can go back and get something different or reignite that interest or that appreciation. Right. And I absolutely, I think, uh, I think in all the best photo books, there's that aspect of you finding something that you didn't before. And it may just be a detail in the image that 
didn't have any significance or you didn't see and now it is there and that changes your attack a little bit now where it's a story about oh it's not about the guy it's about the about the brick wall behind him mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. oh i didn't see that car before that you know yeah that eggleston picture with the car cut in half I and mean, max are really torn up about that but i think it's part of it's part of that image, you know. It's mm-hmm. it does have a significance. A tricycle looks like it's ten feet tall for crying out loud, <laughs> you know. Like that, that, that inference that you make as a viewer, and it's it's this thing that goes on between the creator of the work and the and the viewer. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's great. And I thought, I, like I say, the best the best images and the best books have that quality to it. You know, you you brought up the Eggleston uh, stuff, and that was me and Mac on his show trying to figure that guy out, which was a lot of fun. And as yeah. you're saying that, I'm thinking like, you know, every part of of his picture, you know, is very well crafted. It wasn't just a random image. And so, like for instance, leaving half of the car out of the frame lets you, as the viewer, try to fill in the rest because you know there's yeah. there's half of something there. And human beings, I think, don't like unfinishedness. You know, we want to. We want to kind of finish things. And so um, so there's that idea of like, you know, as the creator, we put stuff into the image uh, or at least we maybe intend to put stuff in the image or leave stuff out of the image or leave it half finished so that someone else can finish it for us. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. did you have any of that when you were creating the book or were you trying to actually create finished, you know, finished pieces that were like would stand on their own, let's say, um, and maybe not be part of a whole but be be separate well i think at the time we were shooting we definitely wanted whole works we mm-hmm. definitely wanted stuff we wanted to crop in camera we wanted to make sure we had the best product to go to press you know we were treating it like like a pro assignment right okay. um um yeah we wanted and in the end really uh, what went into the book was after ruthless editing and the ruthless editing, if there was stuff that wasn't complete or if there wasn't a phrase we couldn't finish on the other side of the spread because the image wasn't strong enough, it had to go. Mm-hmm. So it was a combination of things. It was the whole creation. I guess it's sort of like making a movie, storyboarding and all that kind of stuff, except we didn't storyboard. We just had... A, you know, a concept of what it is we were going to shoot and, and when and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then go back and, and edit, edit it and, and, and let the sequencing and the pairing off decide what the content was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. So, uh, all right. Well, that's really interesting because, um, you know, when I, when I, when I went and looked around about stories about photographs and people are saying, and their websites and blogs are saying, you know, uh, telling a photo story means like, you know, have a, you know, have an idea of what you want to say. All the pictures seem to need to, you know, be part of the story. Um, and there's this whole long thing. And it's like, this is not what I'm trying to get at. You know, I want to really, kind of, and I'm not saying that this is about your book, you know, um, no, I'm thinking that, uh, like the way you're describing your, your book is you're not trying to tell a story right right um but you have something to say exactly all right yeah and it was a combination and another thing about um the way it was created had to do with like i had been going to this rodeo since i was around the time that i got my first camera 11 12 years old oh really wow yeah 
And so I had been, and I and I know the uh, know the venue very well, and have relatives there, and and know sort of know my way around there, and have mm-hmm. an idea what I think rodeo should look like. And I had all of these like, oh yeah, this is this is another year, another rodeo. What am I going to do this year in terms of taking pictures and so on? Mm-hmm. Where it was. Mark's first experience, Mark's first rodeo, right? His first, <laughs> his first experience nice with a small town rodeo. Uh-huh. And he brought this fresh perspective, urban street thing that, and he got to, got to know the people and he got to know what it's like. And so we had this yin yang thing, right? Mm-hmm, we were mm-hmm. completely, we had these different points of view. And I think that helped a lot. He filled in particularly the humanistic part, which, I don't really have a feel for. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just shooting kind of this arty version of sports, and he did the humanistic and more documentary aspects mm. of things, and it made really made the book possible. Because if I had, if we had just taken my pictures that are in the book, there would have only been like thirty images in there, right? That mm. wouldn't have been enough to sustain the project. Then you would so, have had to you would have had to figure out some way to take portraits, right? <laughs> right. I mean. If it, and, but if that's it not was in my wheelhouse. It would have been me at my my first portraits <laughs> would be for a book. I don't I don't think so. Well, it's so. it's funny. Okay, as you're as you're mentioning portraits, um, I just um, when I was thinking about talking about this, I, I'm thinking about like some iconic photographs, right? And I, I just sent you a few, and they're they're the obvious ones, right? Mm-hmm. But you talk about portraits, like the the first one that came to mind were uh, with um, with a story to tell in my mind was the picture of Steve McCurry's um, yeah. uh, Afghan, Afghan girl. girl. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at the picture, it's a very simple picture. You know, it's it's simply lit. It looks like it's just available light. It's just her staring in the camera really intently. The colors yeah. are really nice. I mean, it's it, it it I can't see a picture being more simple than this. Right. No. Nope. No. But how much is spoken in that picture? Um, you know, as as a viewer, you know, you look at this and you're like, you're you're instantly drawn to the shot. You're instantly trying to fill in her story, where where this is at. Uh, this picture was taken, I think, was part of National Geographic, right? Um, yeah. Magazine. I think that was a cover. Was that it was a cover? cover? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a whole story behind it, but the cover is what's selling the. You know, it's the first thing that you see when you pick the magazine up. Yeah. Is this picture of her, and the eyes, and and the eyes are what really you know grab you, yeah. and I was thinking about this, and, and I want to go, I want to go two more shots, um, and these are okay. uh, one shot, the other shot is of Neil Armstrong, after uh, in the in the uh, LEM, the LEM, the yeah. Lunar Excursion Module, after he got back from his his um, her first walk, right, yeah. and I guess Buzz has taken a picture of him. It's a great shot. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at the camera. He's got the slight smile, and his eyes are slightly. If you look closely, his eyes are watering. Right. Yeah. Obviously, from the excitement um, yeah. of of that event, and you know, the context is obviously it's not a simple picture. <laughs> I mean, it is. You know, but he's on the freaking moon. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know. Um, uh, you know, and that one's pretty obvious. Like, there's something more to that. And then the third shot uh, that popped in my mind was the Robert Kappa of uh, D Day. The, one mm-hmm. of the few shots that survived of the soldier in the water. And, yeah. you know, uh, it, I, I look at three these three shots and I think there was, you know, in my, in my mind, I'm thinking there wasn't much to do to make those shots. I mean, it's, 
that's not really true. I mean, you know, traveling on a on a you know a landing craft in D Day and being shot at is not a simple thing. But you know, no. I think about like the equipment, you know, the like what it took to make that shot was, you know, being in kind of the right place at the right time. Um, but there's simple pictures, right? There's not a lot of uh, crafting to it, you know. No. But I would say that the the deal with portraits, particularly ones where the subject's looking down the barrel of the lens, uh, and and one of the reasons why I'm so envious of Mark because he's able to do this with with his version of the hundred strangers and so on, mm-hmm. is um, in real life it's not polite to stare at somebody in the eyes, right? Um, yeah. But when you're looking at a poor, you're looking at the Afghan girl, and you can stare at her as long as you want, and there's this feeling you can see that you know her face and that it's dirty and that she's young and she's wearing these tattered clothes and you're getting this kind of ever increasing um picture (laughs) that's the wrong word but Mm. but the uh, experience of looking at her and so in hair and everything there's all of this detail that kind of seeps into your psyche when you're staring at her she's got this you know this a fiery stare like did she does she hate being photographed like what's going on in her mind right Um, right right right. so there's that depth to it and Mm -hmm. so that that certainly adds a lot why it makes it such an arresting image um but you know that's interesting you're saying that that's that's kind of what i'm i'm thinking of a little bit is that like how deep can you start going into a picture right and as the viewer start to create up create you know uh when i say create stories or create dialogues or narratives in your head as you start to look into a picture now if i just took a shot of i don't know i'm looking around i, I got a okay i got a mouse here right you know a yeah. bluetooth mouse. Yeah. i took a picture of that and i presented it there's not much there for you know you know me to 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 imagine right it's a mouse right it's not it's not doing much it made me more of a record of that but, you know, if that mouse, did I ever say this online or offline? I, can't I think, yeah, it was in the pre, pre-talk, pre yeah. You know, if that mouse was, you know, a uh, certain artist's mouse and you could see that it was worn down at one, you know, one spot where the person was clicking all the time and it was dirty, you know, then it becomes something more. And then you start to read more into the image and you start to, and I guess the context of it is helpful, like you, you yeah. knowing where the picture is. But, um there is something about like creating those layers in an image, right? So that a viewer can go down a path, can make something up, even if the even if the story is you know totally false, right? You know, you look right. at this Afghan girl, and you don't know her story until you read it inside. But you can start making all these things up, which I think is kind of the human experience, you know, like yeah. you know nothing has to be accurate, you know, who cares? But if it tells the story and it brings us to a new place, even in our heads, I mean that. It's to me a, a great thing, you know. Yeah, and uh, I, I, you know, I see that in the Afghan girl picture. For some reason, I see it in the um, in the Neil Armstrong picture, uh, and you know, and sometimes I look at my own work and some of the some of the um, street stuff that I shoot, and I, I, I can get that as well. Even as like as the shooter, you know, I may not initially see it, right? No, I'm walking by, like you said, you, you shoot from the hip as well, right? Yeah. So you walk by and you see something and you shoot it and, and then, you know, you get back and you process it. And as you're starting to process it, you start to see things that are going on and you say, okay, I want the viewer to see this and I want to, them to ignore that. And, uh, and then you start to create this, you know, um, 
uh, I don't know, something that uh, is more than just a picture, right? Is right. is going down like a, I hate to say three dimensional. It's not the right word, but something that's got a depth and a uh, it goes further than the surface. Um, so I, you know, this is where this idea of coming up with with a story for a picture, and again, it's this not a thousand words, but Maybe um, pictures are not going to obviously generate words. They're going to generate, you know, feelings perhaps. And uh, I don't know. Am I just blowing a horn? <laughs> no, no. I think, and I think I, I've got uh, one picture I'm thinking of in my stream. On maybe I'll dig it up a bit later. But it's um, um, a man is walking by, um, and he's got this kind of smug look on his face, like I don't know if he just heard a joke or something. He's walking away. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he's no, sorry. He's in the background, looking towards towards me, towards the camera, and then there's a woman walking uh, past the camera, and she kind of has a smug look on her face, and it looks like they had had just a conversation. She's leaving in a huff, and he's wondering what's going on. Well, that's not what happened at all. <laughs> what happened was he just happened to watch this woman walking by, and she walked by me, and I caught this moment where there are these two expressions where there's a relationship between these two people that didn't exist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I thought it was kind of cute when that came up and I did not see that because I was just looking for the woman who was walking by. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And, uh, they caught this guy in the back. Uh, and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really fascinating in that we can, we can create a lie and it, it and it's quite, it seems like it's an interesting story. Um, for sure, but it's well. Is it a lie uh, or is it a, is it a lie or is it just fiction? Because the, well, to okay. me, the, there's two differences. I mean, a, a lie seems intentional. It seems deceitful. Uh, it, there, there's something negative about that. But when you're describing this, it's a to me, it's a fiction. It's right. You know, yeah, it's, that's a better word for sure, isn't it? Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my my uh, my. I don't know if you know my friend Gene's work, Gene Mealy. Um, no, I know that. I believe I know the name, but I hadn't. I hadn't seen his work. Yeah, he he's created uh, a body of work that were um, landscapes that were. Uh, um, I don't know, best way describing mean, the the not the best way to describe it, but practical way to describe it was they were you know uh, imaginary landscapes. Uh, he takes uh, land from Norway and mixes it with land from the Midwest and, and creates these. These landscapes, which are beautiful, you know, and, um, you know, sometimes he's taken flack by that. You know, the people are saying, well, that's not a real place and whatnot. And and he he once said uh, it was really interesting He's like he considers himself a fiction photographer, like a like a fiction writer. Right. Right. I mean, people write novels all the time and they're all made up stories and nobody gets nobody gets, you know, terribly angry at writers for creating, you know, these made up stories but you know if a photographer does something like that mm-hmm. uh, somehow they're looked at differently or even some people look at it and say well you can't you can't do that photography has to be something real and so this this idea that we can create something and create a narrative in our pictures i mean whether it's you know something we well like we we're just saying right now it's like these two people really had nothing in con- nothing to do with each other no and yet you've put them there together and so you've created this fiction of the of these two people which mm-hmm. you could then 
look at and, and start to actually it's a really good example I, I would love to see that picture actually i think i just put it up in the chat oh there. yeah it's a okay. little bit small uh, but um yeah it was it uh, I, I guess oh it yeah could yeah, have, yeah it could be cropped <laughs> so there's something that happened there um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it didn't she was just walking by and he was just looking up so mm -hmm. um so yeah lies the wrong word it's a it, it's you're creating something. I mean, you're laying something down that the viewer is going to infer. They'll find a relationship, and we walk around our lives, seeing, you know, interacting with other people, and we see a situation like this, and it reminds us of this, a previous life experience where we had this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It looks like uh, something just happened. So we're kind of, uh, you know, planting a seed of, of, uh, of a story in that way. So is there... I guess you're. Oh, sorry. Finish. Like I said, I guess you're right about that for sure. Uh, is, is there any kind of danger in this, do you think, in doing stuff like this? I mean, your your first instinct was to say a lie. And so, like... Is, well, I think maybe that was just a poor choice of words. Well, I, mean, I know, I know, I get that. I, I get that, but I'm, like, that sparked me into thinking, like, could this be dangerous in some way? Like, um, creating these sort of false uh, or fictional narratives and photographs and you know. well if you um, yeah no that's a hard question to answer i it is it yeah it, de it depends on what your what your intention is like okay. um you and me shooting street and mark shooting street we we're doing it because we like the act of shooting we like the product that we're creating uh we like to share it enough that we think we might get the odd thumbs up or heart and which is uh, you know a little um, you know, a little encouragement, however much or little you think you need, I guess that's a whole other discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, but if our intention is if, you know, it's sort of like use your powers for good. If the idea is that we want to mislead people into doing things and we're using, you know, I think we're, uh, we're not using it in a, in a, in an unwholesome manner, mm -hmm. whatever, however you want to, <laughs> however you want to word it. Um, um, you could yeah. say that, and or else you you could take pictures of uh, um, stuff. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Uh, I don't know accident scenes or mm. you know things where you know, human drama is going on or domestic abuse or something like that, where um, there are people who specialize in that. I don't know how, how they do it or how they can uh, maintain it, but they do it as as to to bear witness to to demonstrate to society that these things are terrible and that we you know what i mean they're mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. they're stuff that that they're that they're photographing that has a kind of a moral attached to it yeah um, yeah i think what i'm doing here is 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 a little bit on the shallow side it was just an interesting story that didn't unfold in oh, real life talking about the two people about the two people oh, okay. yeah, yeah, in this yeah. way, in, in my example. Um, well, but yeah, I think I, it, it depends. It really depends on the context. What am I, what am I shooting for? Um, what is the, you know, what is, what is the point? If am I doing it? Like we had talked before, am I doing, the, doing this as an individual image? Am I doing it as a sequence? Am I doing it as a larger work, like a book or a show? Mm. But how do we, you know, since so much of our, our time is spent, like, you know, posting up, we post up these pictures on Instagram and uh, Flickr and they're and they're often, you know, kind of mixed up and, um, you know, don't necessarily tell a cohesive, you know, um, story, as it right. were. Right. Uh, like, what's the what do you think the best way 
to do that is? I mean, is it to do what you guys did was like make a book and like start a project from beginning to end and have all the pictures be like little chapters in this whole story of something? Is that the best way to, to do that? Is it the only way to do that? Um, it's whatever medium you're more comfortable with. I know Marcus started another Instagram stream for a particular different genre of photography that he's doing that is not his street and architecture stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That his, that, you know, my Instagram stream, I think will always be kind of stream of consciousness thing, unless I get so, you know, popular that I think I need to edit myself, which I really don't see that happening. Um, but, um, I think just starting a separate stream, uh, or Twitter feed or whatever, um, where you do have that, that, condensation of style mm -hmm. if that's what you want to do that's something i'm not really i don't think i'm really capable of doing but if i really wanted to set aside these particular pictures of people on the street you know i think i would just create another instagram stream or another social media outlet yeah. specifically for that hmm. um the book the book was a kind of a dream that i had um that you know, needed help with to realize, and I'm glad and I really like the teamwork and collaboration we did. Um, and it is, it's now this, this artifact, this thing now that's a different experience from a photograph, right? Mm -hmm. it, um, it's, a, it's a, it's a separate, it's a separate entity to itself. Right. Um, it's, it's completely different than I think maybe a story we might tell on an Instagram stream because it's growing as as the work accumulates mm -hmm. it's just a diary of a, of a particular style i'm going i think we're terribly getting off the track no, i don't know but does an instagram does an instagram instagram stream have a beginning middle and end and we're talking about a story or is it just a constant stream and then no it is more of a stream i right. mean you could curate it but yeah i mean a beginning middle and end means at some point you're going to stop and that's it and like and it's supposed to stand on its own um, yeah. and yet, uh, you know, most Instagram stream, Instagram streams continue on, you know, we want to keep posting pictures and sharing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, like I've thought about that. Like I, I was only shooting street photography and putting that stuff up. And then I, when I quit Instagram for six months and then came back to it, then I decided that, you know, I'm not just going to limit it. I'm not just going to have, uh, you know, the stream of street photography. I'm like, I'm a more well round, I'm a, a, a rounder photographer than just, you know, the stuff I shoot on the street. And I like to share all that. Right. And so my, my, my stream ends up becoming this sort of jumble. And so if you were thinking about it in terms of stories, they're weaving in and out and, and, uh, you know, telling different things. And it's, you know, one's, uh, you know, it's ongoing novel. And this other thing is, uh, you know, something else entirely. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure what, you know, what's better or not. I just know that like, I need to have some place to share my work. And, uh, you know, when I started looking at, I started looking at all my stuff and I started seeing the, um, uh, you know, all the street stuff together. Uh, I, and I don't know what I'm saying. I, I have no idea what stories I'm telling. I mean, each individual shot says its own thing, but as a whole, I have no idea what, what it's saying other than maybe like talking about me. Like this is right. who I am. You know? Well, that's that's the valid point of view too, right? That's uh, you know what. Uh, but the, do, the do what Mark and I did. To, yeah, those exp uh, like what Mark and I did with the rodeo. The pictures didn't. I mean, they were of the same event, but there wasn't a lot of cohesion in mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I think Mark went out and he did made a point of pairing things. I don't think I really did that too much. Maybe one example of that, and I think I did. But we just laid out these hundreds of pictures on the boardroom table and started sorting through them. And then the narrative came, or well, not narrative, it's the sequencing came mm-hmm. out of that. Came out of that. Hmm. And the way I worded it, I think at the time was the helping. The universe is helping us. Uh, yeah. sequence the book right because mm-hmm. it's you you're finding patterns and things hmm. and that's that's how it came about so i would suggest doing something like that and it's another argument to print i know that in the various podcasts everyone's been talking about you got to print your work print it and that's what we did because you're if it's a physical thing right it's it... so maybe that's an argument to to have tell your stories in a physical way with uh with actual prints well, you know, I keep saying I'm going to do that. <laughs> I haven't quite gotten around to it yet. It seems like a, uh, a it seems like a big project to go out and print. But like people keep telling me, when are you going to make a book? When are you going to make a book? And I'm like, well, I don't know what my book is going to be about. You know, I mean, I just, I really, I'm not a big fan of, um, you know, making a book because it needs to the the pictures have to be out in the world. Uh, to me, that's not a reason to make a book. There has to be something like what you guys are doing. There has to be something uh, behind it, you know. And uh, you know, it's not just a bunch of pretty pictures to look at, mm. um, which I think is very easy to do. Uh, but you know, you have to have uh, some sort of. I mean, it doesn't have the beginning, middle, and end, but it has to have some reason to exist. Right. And uh, I, I, I personally quite haven't figured out what the reason to exist is. You know. Um, but, you know, I hear that, you know, at some point. But I, I like the idea of, like, laying out the pictures and all of a sudden you start to find patterns, start to see things. Um, and and you start to find the, you know, okay, well, this is where I live. This is These are the people I see on a daily basis. This is this ends up becoming about, you know, who I am and how I see the world. Uh, so, I don't know. Well, you posted something interesting today in the Unusual Collective about, uh, was it, or I think it was, um, about you holding photographs that your father took of uh, President Kennedy when he came to visit the mayor, is that what it was? Yeah, it was. Uh, you I, were I put holding it on the Twitter. picture out. You're yeah. holding the picture out in the location where it was actually taken, and that is that's time travel, man. That's the best. <laughs> um, and I know we have a shared interest in old aerial pictures of our various communities, and there's something deep about that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that house is still there, and that street is, and that's the same sidewalk. And oh know, yeah, they used to live there. Like yeah. all of that, even the pictures that I took, uh, you know, thirty years ago. Um, you know, I'm walking up and down the. Uh, you, you used to walk up and down the, the main drag for uh, the bars in the part mm-hmm. of the city. Mm-hmm. And I walk, and that's that's part of the neighborhood that I walk around just about every day now. Uh, close to my work, and I have these every these thirty year old pangs of nostalgia of oh, remember what went on here? <laughs> I stood right there when I took that picture of that neon sign, and you know, yeah. there's something maybe there's something there, you know. Well, um, you know, as you're saying that, I, I started thinking about like I'm I'm scrolling through my uh, Flickr stream, so I'm going further back into time, and as I go back into time, I start to look at I'm, I'm looking at my shots, and I'm having a little bit of a sort of a different reaction to them now. And uh, I think something to do with time, with things that have been like photographed a while back or, 
have been sitting around for a while. And um, I don't know. There's something about that. Like um, the, the stuff that I post now, the pictures I have now, like I don't really think about the, the stories that people will make up about them. But as I go back into time, I start to see that a little bit more. Um, and I don't know what that's about. It's just something I'm observing now. But, yeah, you're talking about the uh, old pictures. I have that the old aerial of my neighborhood. And yeah. it is so finely detailed that, uh, you know, on um, I think it's on the Library of Congress website or whatever website it is. You can zoom in endlessly and you can see, like, oh, there's a guy on a horse, you know, with a horse and buggy. Is he delivering yeah. milk, right? Or all these yeah. other people are standing there, and these two people, and like forever, I can go on and 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 make up all these things, which I, you know, may be true, may not be true, um, and that is something that, you know, I would love to be able to do with a lot of my work. It was like having someone stare at at a shot for a long period of time, and start m- even making things up, like all like 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 a child would, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's something to strive for or is it just happen in, in an image? Um, I, I, I don't know the, the answer. Uh, it's probably both. I mean, you, we, you know, those really strong images that, that and whether or not somebody else falls in love with him, you fall in love with him, even though you shot them mm-hmm. and you see something else, something deeper that you didn't see when you were shooting and something fleeting like this rodeo weekend, like, uh, there's so much that we captured. Now we've gone through the book a million times, editing yeah. it and everything. But um, there are little details of oh, I didn't see that. And even people who go there all the time, the perspective that we brought, they're like, oh, you took a picture of that. Well, you take a picture of inside the concession where the people are like, you know, yeah, absolutely, because that's part of what's what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, in terms of. The book, be, the book is now a time traveler too. Now it's been uh, what two years? This coming June, it'll be three years since it happened, and it's just going to get further and further into the past. And so it'll be less of a commemoration of an event that just happened as to one that happened as part of the history of it. Hmm. Part of so the... there's these deep metaphysical things going on. Hmm. But I think you're onto something there. You just uh, print those images that that have that kind of time travel effect on you and lay them out on the table and see what you come up with and maybe not worry so much about the viewer. Right. right. And something will come up, something will come up and it will, it, you're passionate enough about something you'll have, I'm sure you'll have an audience for, uh, if not people just in your neighborhood, just people who are interested in that type of material. It's just like me. Yeah. I'd buy that book. <laughs> you know, as you're saying this, I had a, I had an experience today after uh, after my breakfast. I go to this coffee shop for breakfast every morning, and then I come out. And today was the you know it's winter, so the sun is really low, and in my neighborhood, the light is really nice, like first thing in the morning, like at uh, eight in the morning. And I, I'm I'm shooting um, some closed. Uh, gates across the street in front of a store and there are these great shadows and people are walking by and it's across the avenue and so cars are stopping and you know so i have to wait you know a car will get in front of me and i'll have to wait until the stoplight changes and this guy pulls up and he's looking at me right and he sees me with the camera and then he looks i could see him look across to where i'm photographing right and just when you said this thing about the shooting the concession people Right. 
Yeah. Like uh, this, this thing just popped in my mind about this guy is like, he was probably, you know, here's the story I'm making up, right? He's looking yeah. at me, he sees my camera, he looks across and he goes, what's he photographing? Right. Mm-hmm. In, in his mind, he's saying, why is he taking a picture of the wall, the gate, the people, yeah. you know? And, you know, this guy probably never thought like, why would, you know, someone take a picture of this kind of thing? And, and just when you mentioned this thing about the concessions, like the same thing, like, why would you take a picture of that? And it's like, well, because, it, you know, obviously there's something there. There's something I want to ex- share the experience for. And, you know, this idea of like, I don't know, educating is not the, it's kind of a lame word, but like, you know, our jobs are for, as photographers is to point things out to people that they may not necessarily pay attention to. Yep. And yeah. there, there's always something there to look at. And, you know, even in the mundane, you know, going back to Eggleston in some way, someone who f- goes around and photographs these mundane things. But, you know, the, these mundane things speak volumes, you know. And, uh, you know, in some way, the concession stand is is as interesting as the rodeo. Right. Yep. And for some reason, the, the gates across the street that I'm photographing are as interesting as, you know, a sun, a sunrise, you know. Yep. Uh, so anyway, it's just, it was something to, to, that, that you just reminded me of. And, and I was thinking like, you know, what, what, what is our job as photographers? Are we, are we, uh, out here to try to, you know, point these things out to people that they may not notice and, and, uh, uh, maybe, you know, expand their minds in some way. <laughs> like, you know, right. Take a, take a look around at these things. I don't know. Yeah. It goes to intent. Right. Do you, mm. like you did a, you did a series, uh, you walked around Red Hook. Was that was it Red Hook neighborhood? Yeah, you would Red take Hook, pictures yeah. of the motor yeah. motorhomes and uh, uh, vehicles, and uh, that di- was a diner or cafe that you took pictures of. That were really there was a lot of deep detail and subtle color. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And the 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 pictures just I don't know. Your shoulders go down when you look at them. There's just I have I I, I had this leisurely feeling like I could stare at this all day. Uh, it was details there that. Uh, sort of like a woman who's so beautiful you didn't dare look at her almost mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. there's details wow. there that I would um, that I could look at later right now I'm looking at this headlight and then I'll I'll, I'll look at the fender of the of the truck and then I'll see the little Apache logo on the side or you know whatever there's a, a, a luxurious aspect to the image the way it was presented the way you did the process of the shooting mm. or whatever film simulation and the processing that really um, gay, gives the image a elevates it in terms of its you know its artiness whatever mm-hmm. you want a lofty mm-hmm. word you want to so if there was a, a you know those see, that sequence of pictures of that whatever that day was that you shot where the light was very interesting kind of flat but details all got filled in right yeah um, you know something starting from that aspect too if you there was a book or a sequence or a web page or whatever it was that would you'd collect all those and uh, i would guarantee you that book would take longer than 15 <laughs> minutes to go through because it was just not there's not this action that you get and then you can move on it's oh look at this thing that i'm yeah, looking at yeah. you know and you're looking through it and you're looking at it and all that metaphysical stuff that happens with something that's finally crafted um, I think, yeah, I, I, you know, there's all, all, there's all these jumping off points you could do. Um, so what, what would you suggest? Let's, let's, you know, let's talk about, I want to say suggest, but like we're going into a new year, right? Okay. And, and people, you know, how many people have gotten new cameras for, for Christmas? <laughs> Probably a lot. Probably know? a lot. Yeah. 
Um, you know, to to approach photography slightly differently in in the next year or you know whatever. I'm just using this as sort of the starting off point. What would you think would be? I don't know. Some I want to say practical uses. Oh, oh no! I just got a cramp in my leg. Ah. Uh oh. Bastards. <laughs> I usually get them in the morning. Oh my gosh, that wakes you up. Oh my. We're God. this. We're definitely in the same demographic. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. When I get them at six in the morning, you you get them at what eleven at night. So. I never got a cramp while I was doing a podcast. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, that brings me to tears. Yeah, oh my gosh, I'm glad. Stand I can... up, stand up. Whatever. Yeah, you yeah, do. yeah, yeah. Oh boy, that woke me up. And anyway, um, you know, you have a lot of experience. You've made this book, right? I've I've got my experience. What you know, people who might be listening to this are like, okay, well, that's all great. You guys just chatted up storm, but what is that going to mean for my photography? And I was thinking, like, what can we tell some people to like how to approach things slightly differently in in with their new cameras in the next year to I don't know make make something more. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, well, wanna, first you have I wanna, to start I wanna, with takeaway. You know, from yes, this? yeah, you have to start with something. So. What start are with you something? interested in? Start mm-hmm. with something. What are you interested in right now? What is it that you think you want to photograph? I don't care if that if that idea melts away because it was a shower idea like one of yours, <laughs> or or if you know mm-hmm. it's sort of like I love my kids, I love my grandkids, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then you turn that into a project. You say, you know, tell your you know daughter in law you're going to babysit for that Saturday or whatever it is while they've gone into the city and you know they have these wonderful north facing windows and you just take pictures of the kids and the dogs and the cats and you 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 work it like a pro gig you mm-hmm. learn the camera you learn the subject you make faces you do selfies with the kids you do you know, you know, you pick a subject. I want to do buildings. Uh, I got to go down to the Flatiron Building at that certain time of the day, and you shoot it from every angle, from every whatever, and 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 then you'll have product to look at it. Uh, it might suck. Fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Set it aside. Okay, that didn't work. Was there something that happened while I was doing that that twigged me to the next thing? Like, I don't get. I I I, well, I shouldn't say that, but hmm. if you go, oh, I don't know what to photograph. People are like, oh, I don't know what I should take pictures of. Well, um, what do you, what do you like? You you got to yeah. start somewhere. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, there's always something to take a picture of. I mean, really. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. if it's in your own house or something like that. I mean, and just, work through it. Like yeah. if if it's not productive, but see it, see it to the end. I earmarked the Saturday, and then on the Sunday night or whatever, I did the post. What did I get out of it? Did I get anything out of it? Were there any lessons that I learned from mm-hmm. it? Am I going to put the subject away and not deal with it again? I'm in a, not in the right headspace for it or whatever it is. I'm going to go take pictures of the harsh shadows at noon in the wintertime, mm-hmm. which is one thing that Mark and I are sort of stuck doing because we go out in uh, in the noon hour. Uh, and in the wintertime, the, in this latitude, the sun is quite low. And mm-hmm. it's just barreling down the north-south streets of downtown. And so you get these really long shadows and you get this glare and you get this reflection off the shiny buildings. Something's going to happen. Right, right. You know? yeah, yeah. And you you look for that and you, you know, you, you move on and you get tired of this. So I get tired of taking pictures of buildings while well, I'll take pictures of people again. And you go back and forth, whatever it is, you just need a little kernel and follow through. Don't 
don't just reject it out of hand because we all find things. Looking, I mean, I'm I'm a master procrastinator. Ask my wife. I'm terrible. <laughs> it took us four months to get a new roof on. I didn't do it myself. It was just <laughs> calling the roofing contractor to set the job. And I, we waited until there was the ice was damming up on the shingles. So there you go. There you go. a few days on the couch, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. so I'm terrible at that, but the only aspect of my life, uh, not the only, I shouldn't hmm. say that, but the, the aspect of my life that I tend to think about the most, the creativity part, um, I don't, it doesn't usually fail me because there's always something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. You can always find something. And that's one of the reasons why maybe why my Instagram stream is so diverse and maybe doesn't make sense. But I'm finding, you know, there's some some aspect of my personality that's in each of those images. And I love creating them, you know, out of the phone or out of the Fuji or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you and know, just got to do it. I want to add to that is like, you know, just taking the picture is not enough. Like, I'm very much about, you know, post-production and uh, mm-hmm. and working the pictures because something that comes out of the camera, I mean, sometimes it works, but I always say that it's it's half the story, you know, and the other half is um, putting in the, the, the parts of you, which I think now used to be in the dark room and now it's, uh, you know, using Lightroom or Snapseed or whatever the, mm-hmm. you know, the pro- post-processing of your choice is. But that t- kind of always finishes the deal, you know, and that that tells your story. I mean, I look, um, I look at some of my shots, and like, what am I trying to say with these things? What, what are the colors trying to say? What's the, uh, what are the shadows trying to say? What are the highlights trying to say? Yeah. Uh, what what part of me is in this? And so, you know, I think like in the in the winter time now, like. I mean, we, you know, for those of us in the north, we get kind of trapped at home and you know, it's a good time to look back at the, all the shots that you took, you know, in the year. And you say, look, yeah, I, can, I get to rework this or I get to, you know, um, uh, you know, I can't go out in the cold right now because it's too cold, but I can work this other I can work this other stuff. Or um, anyway, I think I think all that stuff sort of ties into like, you know, when I shoot a I, I shoot a sunrise to me, sunrises are the most glorious thing. I mean, I love sunsets too, but I don't face that direction anymore. Right. I face East yeah. and you know, the, what, you know, I look out the window and I can see, I know that the, the sun's going to come up and it's going to light the underneath of the clouds and they're going to be these really strong magentas. And it's, you know, what a way to start a day is to see these beautiful colors. And so that's part of my voice that I want to uh, express when I, when I create sunset sunrise pictures, you know? Yeah. Um, so I want to say like, you know, there's, there's the taking and there's the making, uh, of, of the picture. Right. Uh, and, uh, like you're, like you were saying, there's, there's just a zillion things that you, you can do, you know, and I like the idea of focusing on one thing. Like, even if it's like a one day, you know, walking yep. around this one neighborhood cause you know, your significant other is shopping. And so instead of sitting there waiting for them to, you know, <laughs> finish shopping at the mall, you know, take the camera and focus on the garbage cans of, of the mm-hmm. mall or whatever. But, uh, yeah. And, you know, I, we started one direction and we went in another direction, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, I, I don't care. It's my show. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't either. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> you just talk. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, you know what? We've, we've gone for about an hour now. Wow. So yeah. Flew by. It did, and uh, uh, next time I do the podcast, it'll be right after the shower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, I hope this is like getting you know 
I hope this made sense in some way, or at least the, the beginnings of something. I mean, this is not the end of the discussion. Um, I, I don't know. What do you think? We, yeah, I we, think, well, we're just talking about the creative process, right? And uh, uh, it's an important thing. It's it's not our, unless you are a pro, it's not a workaday thing. It's something that you can, uh, you know, think about and scheme in your own way. And, and you have the, uh, you know, the opportunity to go out and shoot and enjoy that and go back and do the post um, and enjoy that too. Make It's all part of a whole um, that I really, that I really love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that that's as photographers that will, that's our story. Um, yeah, it's true. As long as we're passionate about it, um, there's, you know, as fragmented as social media is, we do have, each of us have a little bit of a core audience who are always giving us those hearts or always giving us those, those encouraging comments, um, that you're kind of, we're all kind of niches in our own way that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, they see stories that we don't sometimes, and you know, I think it's all good. That's the that's the part I like is when someone sees a story that I don't, you know. Uh, yeah. That that's always wow. You saw that in my shot. That's kind of cool. So yeah. Well, anyway, I'm gonna wrap up because we got the new year coming. <laughs> we gotta start thinking of new things. And uh, I, almost I, midnight there. Yeah. What time is? It? Oh my gosh! Yeah. My my leg cramp is gone. I'm, I've never had that on on the air before. That was exciting. And uh, well, that's what you call the show, Antonio's first on air leg cramp. My, <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Oh gosh. All right. Thank thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I you know I, I I'm gonna go I have a, I can. Yeah, I'm gonna go have a banana. Get my potassium. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, gee. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this enough that you, uh, at some point in the future, you'd want to be on again. So absolutely. All right. I didn't. I didn't totally ruin it, did I? No. 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 <laughs> We're in the same demographic. There seems to be so few of us around. Yeah. We yeah. have to stick together, man. All right. Cool. We we got it, man. We're 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 in the same boat. You know, it's uh, happy and peppy and bursting with love. Absolutely. <laughs> 1049 Park Avenue. Right. Bonus points for anyone who knows what that is. <laughs> uh, I, you know, when I make a book, I'll send an autograph one to the first person who uh, who can answer that. Anyway, uh, Ward, thanks for coming on. Thanks for thanks my for pleasure. Out it was me. great, man. Hey, how can people find uh, find you in the interwebs and stuff like that? On the interwebs, on Instagram, I'm Ward Rosin Fine Art. W A R D R O S I N Fine Art. Uh, I have a website, um, rosin.ca, R-O-S-I-N.ca. Uh, uh, Mark and uh, my book is for sale there. On uh, Facebook, I'm uh, ward.rosin, and uh, that's about it. Um, any other contact information or are, are on the little widgets on my website if you want to get hold of me in any other way. And uh, that's it. That's and your, and your you book is for sale, huh? You can get it. The book's for sale. It's called Between Dust and Sky. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks again uh, for coming on. And uh, I'll just do my quick wrap up, which is, you know, uh, this is the last show of the year. I, I haven't finished the website yet. <laughs> my my Swisher Manual website is still kind of uh, done. But, you know, I still got a couple more days before the end of the year. So uh, until then, you can, I mean, switch to manual.com. But until then, you can always find the, the show at the Podbean page. 
And if you want to contact me, uh, you can do it so on Twitter. We're uh, uh, switch to manual, the number two manual. So switch to manual or at AM Rosario, either one, I answer. And, uh, you know, if you get any feedback about the show, let us know. Let me know. Let us know. I'm, I'm not an us anymore. I'm a me. <laughs> Tom is not here anymore. And, uh, hey, you know, until then, uh, you know, have a great New Year's. And I will uh, see everybody in January. Ward, thanks again for coming on. My pleasure, man. Yeah. And uh, I will uh, let's see you guys later. 